Larry Bird's not walking through that door. We're talking about practice. Not a game, not a game, not a game. We're talking about practice. It's my team. It's my quarterback. A kick. It is. Good. 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 To be the man, you gotta beat the man. The 2 1. Swag lane drive left field. One run is in. Here's Kevin Green. This is the Powers on Sports Podcast. Before we get to J.P. Peterson and our interview with J.P., I want to give you some breaking news that happened just after we recorded our interview with J.P. late Wednesday night. Urban Meyer fired head coach Jacksonville Jaguars. The guillotine finally came to Urban after all of his off-field antics, his uh, you know issue following the Thursday night game up in Cincinnati. He had some issues just over the weekend. You know, a very uh, nonchalant handshake with Mike Vrabel and company. And then there's the allegations that came out from Josh Lambeau, the former kicker, that he kicked Lambeau uh, in a pregame or a practice session type deal. Shad Khan finally pulls the, the plug on the Urban Meyer a disaster that was Jacksonville. So that was the breaking news overnight. Uh, again, as we interviewed J.P. Peterson, uh, that news had not quite broken yet, but just wanted to give you guys an update on that. That would uh, be interesting to see how much money he gets out of Jacksonville. He was only in year one of a five-year contract. He had to have been making somewhere in the, the, the range of $10 million or north thereof. So it'll be interesting to see what the uh, negotiated settlement is on that. Uh, again, what is Urban Meyer's future after all this? You will hear J.P. Peterson make a comment about Urban Meyer in, in our interview. So t- definitely stay tuned to that. But can Urban Meyer get another, he'll never get another NFL job. But can Urban Meyer get another big-time college football job? He is, has a long list of indiscretions. Uh, allegations of him being a liar, all the things that he's been involved with over the years from Aaron Hernandez to Zach Smith at Ohio State to now this stuff at Jacksonville. Will Urban Meyer be able to get the trust of some athletic director and university president to hire him, especially given all the circumstances that have been swirling around him the last few years? So it will be very interesting to see. So that is the breaking news. Um, one other thing I want to make a, a shout out to is to all the tornado victims in Kentucky. What a terrible uh, last weekend uh, uh, turn of events for them, given the weather circumstances in Kentucky. I know uh, a lot of people in that region of the country lost a lot of lives. Uh, there's, I think there's over 75 or 80 people confirmed dead, and they, they think that the death toll is going to be going to be higher than that with all the brutal tornadoes that ravaged that area. So. Uh, during the holiday season here, be thinking about those people up there in Kentucky as well. Uh, a lot of good people up there just doing doing an in, uh, in an unfortunate spot, in an unfortunate circumstance, um, especially around the holidays and obviously losing loved ones and all that stuff. So be thinking of those people as well. So enjoy our, my interview with J.P. Peterson. 
You'll get a lot out of it. JP was excellent in giving some insight on different things, so you'll enjoy that. And then you'll hear me give some uh, NFL picks after JP's interview. So enjoy JP Peterson on the Powers on Sports podcast. Thanks for listening to the Powers on Sports podcast. Please remember to subscribe, rate, and review. And now a word from our podcast sponsor, Titan Home Lending. For all of your home financing needs anywhere in the state of Florida, whether it's a purchase or a refinance, reach out to Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. Titan Home Lending is based in Tampa, Florida. We can help you with FHA, conventional, renovation loans, jumbo loans, and virtually anything in between. So reach out to me, Jason Powers, Titan Home Lending, 205-790-1404. All right, welcome back to another episode of the Powers on Sports Podcast. Appreciate you finding us. Hope you're doing your Christmas shopping. We've got about 10 days or so till Christmas. We got a good episode for you today. We're going to talk some college football. We're going to talk some NFL. We got a big fight going on this weekend in Tampa with Jake Paul for all you YouTubers out there. He's a YouTube sensation. He's getting back in the ring for a little rematch. And nobody better to talk about all these things than JP Peterson. JP's a longtime sports radio TV guy all around the Southeast, around the country. I've known JP back in his days in Tallahassee, Florida. Back in the wow, day, that was a long time ago, bro. <laughs> that's it. That's it. But uh, JP hosts his own show, JP Peterson Show, Monday through Fridays, ten to twelve on FanStreamSports.com. He's also the host of the Tampa Bay Lightning Hockey Night Live. He does all a lot of pregame, postgame, between period stuff for the Lightning. Welcome to the podcast, JP. Man, I should be. I should have more money with a resume like that. I, I don't know where the hell all the money went. <laughs> it's all good, man. Thank- Thanks for the very, very nice intro. I can go now? That was great. That was fantastic. <laughs> I got to give JP lots of props. He's a little under the weather, so I appreciate him hanging in there with us. And uh, Yeah, absolutely. Giving us giving us a little time here under the weather. How's your Christmas shopping? Not, you shopping done? Oh, my God. I haven't even started, bro. Not, <laughs> not, not, I, 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 no, I, I did order two things from Amazon. I don't like to shop at Amazon. I like to shop in local places, but I would – I couldn't find anything. I knew I couldn't find it locally, so I bit the bullet and bought Amazon. So, but after, no, no. But my kids are older. You know, all they want is money anyway. So, you know, <laughs> Gift cards they got everything money. they need. Gift yeah. cards and money, man. Yeah, that's right. Exactly. Exactly. All right. So today's a big day in the college football. I want to start in the college football world. What a day for Deion Sanders at Jackson oh State. Oh, my God. Going back to sting his old school, Florida State, stealing the number one recruit. Flipping, flip flopping the guy in the lat at the eleventh hour. Just your thoughts on the whole NIL and how this is going to play into college football recruiting. And such. Well, it, you know it's the wild, wild west now, and, and I think you know it's something that I've been talking about for almost 25, 30 years, Jason. When I was, since I back when I first covered Florida State in their heyday, and I really started to understand what big time college football was all about, how it worked, uh, how it frankly exploited the players. And um, it was a lot of a lot of big money, uh, unfair situations for the players because they were the ones generating all the income, while the coaches and the fat cat administrators were the ones getting all the money. Um, and it was, I think, when you when you when you divorce yourself of the long held tradition of college football and providing an education, and you just look at it for what it is, it's professional football and uh, without paying the labor. 
And, and this is why they can pay coaches 11, 12, 13 million dollars. It's why they can pay strength coaches a million dollars to tell people how to push weights. I mean, it's ridiculous. So to bring it full circle, what I've been talking about is, hey, NCAA, you got better get your crap together and start changing this and start compensating the players so there's not some type of revolt before the legislatures or the courts do it for you. And once they do it for you, it's not going to look like you want it to look. Right. And so this is what we get. We get complete chaos. Uh, now it's just every every player is up to the highest bidder. So here comes Barstool Sports with a ton of cash from their pen uh, gaming application, gambling, and Deion Sanders, the most charismatic recruiter in the game. You put those two together and you can get anybody you want, including the number one uh, player in the nation. And that's exactly what happened. And even as a Florida State fan, I, you know, as much as I dislike it, I can't hate on them. They're sure. playing by the rules. Sure. So Dion's just playing by the rules. Now, was there a little bit of targeting of this particular player because they knew they could get him? The kid idolized him. They knew they could come up with the money. Um, you know, was there any thought to what he was doing to Florida State? Hell no, because Florida State had a chance to hire him a few years ago. Right. And whether it's retribution or whatever it is, it doesn't really matter, quite frankly. I mean, and I know Florida State fans are pissed. And they're fire Mike Norvell. Mike Norvell had no chance. Mike Norvell could not match a $4 million or $3 million offer, which was made. Mike Norvell can't match the charisma of Deion Sanders. I mean, it's not – guess what? He also said no to Nick Saban and Kirby Smart right. in Alabama and Georgia. So it wasn't just FSU that got told no. So that whole narrative I don't like. Mike Norvell did as good a job as he possibly could do. Now, what I don't like – from my sources are telling me this was presented to Travis back in October and Travis continued to tell everybody he was going to Florida state, including all the kids in the class. Right. And that ain't cool. That right. That ain't cool because he, and, and, I, and I also think that Dion and El Presidente at Barstool um, told him to keep it quiet because they knew if it got out that people would try to talk him out of it. That's why they wanted to wait till the last minute for yep. him to say it. I think that's a little bit duplicitous to be honest with you. So I don't like that part of it, but there's so many moving parts to it. And, and the bottom line is this is what we brought. This is what we brought by not doing the right thing. These greedy, lost, call it what it is, old white administrators for the past 25, 30, 40 years have been getting rich off the backs of these players, mostly African-American. And this is what, this is how it's all coming home to roost. So I have a hard time faulting Dion or Barstool or anybody. It's their own damn fault. And with and with the advent of gambling being legalized all over the country, yep. these gambling entities are going to be more and more influential in these kids right. going places and not going places. I think I heard a stat Great today. Point. Universities are paying like $100 million to coaches to not coach. Uh, all right. the different guys that yep. have fired, yep. over $100 yep. million of money is being spent on guys to not coach. Yeah, and, how, and why can they do that? Because they don't pay the labor. They make stupid choices. They'll, they'll go out and give a guy $95 million guaranteed or $30 million with an 85% buyout in Willie Taggart's case with yep. no guarantees of minimum performance or anything else. Right. Um, I mean, you think Brian Kelly's going to be at LSU for 10 years? Right. Hell freaking. He might not be there for 10 weeks. Mel He's going to walk with $95 million. Yeah. But I mean, this is so financially irresponsible, right? But these programs feel like they have to get into this bidding war because if they don't, you know what you're going to be? You're going to be Miami for the last 25 years, hiring Manny Diaz and, right. and the rest of the joke coaches that they've had. 
and you want a big time coach, you got to come out of pocket. Now you got to guarantee them all this money. If the system is completely broken and it's their own fault. And, and you got ESPN and Fox willing to write the checks for the TV contract. Yep. That's what's fueling all this is the, is the revenue that they're getting from ESPN yep. and Fox. Yeah. But you know, what's interesting, Jason is, you know, all this time you know, we're saying, well, you know, you get a college education that's worth it enough. We're spending a lot of money on these kids. We give them a lot of stuff. Interesting how, how much more money they want to spend now that they have to outbid the other team. Right. $3 million for Travis Hunter. Interesting how now, you know, he deserves a lot more than just a college education. <laughs> Interesting how that works, you know? I think I heard so something today. Sarkeesian at Texas was guaranteeing every offensive lineman he signed like 50 grand. Guaranteed to sign with Texas. Why not? Why not? And here's, here's the other thing that's going on. Um, so these NIL groups, um, like now Florida State just announced their rising spear, right? Yep. Well, Florida State's about six months late to the party. It's one of the reasons they didn't have enough money to match some of these players, uh, but they're, they're catching up now. So, right. you know, just specifically at Florida state, their leadership has been asleep at the wheel for a long time. The Florida state almost hired this guy from university of Louisville, Vince Tyree, who's a complete, I want to say fraud. He, the guy's a fraud. He yeah. has no experience. He had no experience when he got the job at Louisville. Right. He got it because his buddy was, 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 the, was on the board of regents and hired a search firm allegedly and told him to find the hire this guy. And I may think personal against Vince, but he, you know, he didn't do anything special at Louisville. And then he's about to get the job at Florida state. And luckily some people found out about it, went around the search firm, did their own due diligence and said, Whoa, 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 Whoa. Right. This guy is not what he portends to be. We need someone better. They pulled the offer. He right. didn't refuse it by the way. Um, for, according to my sources. So, <laughs> but this is Florida. It just underpins how Florida state's leadership has been asleep at the wheel for a long time. Now, Mike Norvell uh, brought in at the 12th rated class. When you, when you put in, I think I just got this from two, four, seven sports. I don't know if you have the numbers there, but um, uh, um, let me see if I can find it here. Florida state had the, the, the 12th best class. Um, the USF had the, uh, 45th best class and the best transfer class, yeah, yeah, uh, which was amazing. Um, 44th, USF was, I'm sorry, UCF was 44th, USF was 62, Miami's 74, God. UF is 79 in their rankings, right. FAU 120, FIU 136. So FSU crushed it, they still right. crushed it. And if they, if they had gotten Travis Hunter, it would have been better. Top 10, um, they'd have been easily know, top 10. I, I, I think it's going to be very interesting to, fa to follow Travis Hunter's career yep. and see how it turns out. You know, I mean, he's not going to be playing in the 3.30 slot yep. Saturday on CBS. He's not going to be playing, you know, on the ABC slot at 8 o'clock prime time. He's not going to be playing on ESPN at 7.30 at night. He's yep. not. He just, you know, you'll see him on TV. Once or twice a year. Nobody's really going to care. Once yeah. or twice a year you see him. So, so I asked this question. Is this really best for the kid? Is it best for the kid? Is he going to become the best player he can be playing against inferior competition, practicing against inferior right. competition? That's the other part. The facilities are going to be so below average at Jackson State compared to, to even Tallahassee, right. who's not the best right. of the best. I mean, right. So is this really what's best for the kid? You get the money, and that's great. Good for you. 
You you were going to get money from Florida State. You were going to get money from. I know Georgia offered him yeah. two hundred fifty thousand dollars a year. I know that. So it was it's not three million, but you know, there's a lot of people that feel like, hey, if you're all about the money, we don't want you anyway. So you're right. I don't know. It, FSU it, FSU could use him. There ain't no doubt about that. This, it will be a great case study these next five years to see these kids that sign these big deals. What is their motivation? What is their production? A guy like Quinn Ewers that just went back to Texas collected all that money at Ohio State, didn't play it down. Now he's going back to Texas, getting enough more money. Can the guy play football? Because if he can't play football, it ain't going to matter in a year or two. No, it's not. And we're going to, you know, and, and these people that are getting shelling out the money are going to find out if it was a good investment or a bad investment. Right. And I think they're going to find out most of them are going to be at bad investments. All right, quick thought on the Florida, the Florida and the Miami hire. You like Billy Napier and Mario Cristobal? Um. Start with Billy Napier. Um, as a Florida State fan, I'm so happy that they didn't hire Lane Kiffin. Right. I mean, I think Lane Kiffin would have would have absolutely torched it here in Florida. I and think at, he would. I mean, he to me, you know, he's a he's a young Steve Spurrier, or he's Steve Spurrier when Steve Spurrier got to Florida. Yeah. You know, he's cocky. He'll say what he wants to say, and he'll and he'll win. The guy and knows recruit. how to win. And so, recruit, but, but and recruit, but he was, you know, he's not married. So Florida, you know, that's not good enough for them. They're, they're a little bit, you know, they're Florida now. They're a little bit high and mighty. That's good. All right. So good for you. And we find out that Mike Gundy, Mike Gundy from Oklahoma State, sent his resume to uh, Strickland in Florida. So evidently Mike Gundy wears the wrong kind of T-shirts. So Florida <laughs> didn't want to hire him either. Right. So that instead of going with a guy that's proven he can win yeah. in big-time conferences – those two guys, you go with a guy that's never proven it. Right. Okay. We'll see. Right, good luck with that. And, yeah. and, you know, he, and look, he's behind the eight ball in recruiting. I get it, but he's known as a great recruiter. He's won at Louisiana. You know, I, you know, I, I think he's a good hire, but the other two guys were better. In right. my opinion. What about Cristobal? Uh, Mario Cristobal. That's, that's a home run. That's the best guy you could have possibly gotten. And there's a guy that's proven he can win at the big time level. I mean, not, you know, not championship, but he's proven he can win. I mean, he, he bleeds Miami. And wants uh, to be there. Miami. That's the key thing. He wants, yeah, to, be he wants there. to be there. And here's the key. They signed the best athletic director in the business and Dan right. Radakovich. And people right. aren't talking about that. Right. Dan Radakovich is the best in the business. And if the SEC expands and they're going to take another team from Florida, it's not going to be Miami and FSU. It's right. going to be. Well, either or. Right. Um, I mean, who knows? They may, maybe they'll take both. But conference expansion is coming. Super conferences are coming. You need a guy that is uniquely connected and knows the business. This is why Vince Tyree was not the hire for Florida State. Not connected. Doesn't know the people that he needs to know. Nobody trusts him in terms of, you know, making these deals that are going to happen in back rooms because they're going to trust people that they've been working with for 30, 40, 40 years. Yep. And again, no, nothing personal against Mr. Tyree. He just was not the man for the job. So I think Florida State got the right guy. Radakovich is the best. He's the best in the business. He's going to build. I would, I would think he's going to build a stadium somewhere down there yeah. uh, for Miami. Um, can't really do it on campus. There's really no room. But, you know, they'll find a way. They'll find a way because he knows that he has to create some type of atmosphere, and they're never going to do that at Hard Rock Stadium. And more importantly, get the, the ball. 
and get, and more importantly, get the big, big money donors of the alumni back in the mix in the football program exactly. to write the checks exactly. that you got to have exactly. to build the facilities and to build the stadiums they need. Yep. Yep. He's All the right. man. So Miami's back. Miami's back in the game. They hired the best people. I think Florida right now, hard to, hard to imagine this after a couple of 10 win seasons, you thought Florida was taken off with Dan Mullen. Yep. What a disaster of a season for them. Completely just, just off the rails. Imploded. There's a story to be told there. I don't know what it is, but there's a story to be told there because that was weird. That was, that was weird. weird. That was that weird. Team. All right, let's go back to your Tallahassee days. You and I, you, you spent a lot of time in Tallahassee professionally and personally. I played there with for Coach Coach Bowden passes this year. Just talk about your relationship with Coach. You know, I know you worked with him professionally and socially. You knew him. Talk about your 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 feelings of Coach Bowden. Well, you know, my first my first real TV job was in Tallahassee. And, um, you know, here I am just a snot faced, pimple faced um, reporter, you know, I, and I went to Florida State. So I'm already, you know, I'm, I've already idolized Coach Batten. And basically, you know, I'm working at a local TV station and he, he would literally grant me an interview, well, actually probably two interviews a week, one on one. And of course, after the game and everything else. And, um, you know, his great um, uh, secretary, Sue Hall. Um, between the two of them, one was like my mom, the other one was like my dad. And um, I really, you know, I really see him as a father figure. And he taught me so much about life and how to handle things. You know, the death of Pablo Lopez was something I covered and, and how he handled that with such grace and, um, and, and um, just all the trials and tribulations of constantly not being able to win the big one. You know, I, I was there during the wide rights and the wide lefts and you know, I saw the anguish on this man really, really up close. And, you know, um, he, he just, he, he, he handled it like a Christian man. Yeah. Um, you know, the one thing I always tell this story about coach Bowden, because I think it speaks so highly of him. Every time I would sit down and interview him, if I had an intern with me or a camera person, if I didn't introduce them, he would, he would say, hi, hi, I'm Bobby Bowden. Like he would introduce himself and then he'd get mad at me for not introducing. So I didn't do that more than once. Trust me. But Coach Bowden always made you feel like you were the most important man in the room. You know this. Yeah. He, he would always make me, I'm just a peon reporter. I mean, I'm just, but he would, he would call me by my name, ask me about my mom and daddy, yeah. and, and, yeah. and just like, and genuinely interested. And it's just that humanity for a man that was larger than life for me, it just taught me so much about how to handle yourself with humility, yeah. Yeah. treat people, and, um, and how to be a winner, you know, and, and if you're authentic, one thing I've learned, I learned from him and it, and it is, it has served me well. When I meet coaches, I try to get a feel, are they authentic or are they just bull, bull, bullshitters? You know, right. um, and you can see right through them after a while, yeah. you know, Urban Meyer, John Gruden, <laughs> you know, compared to Tony Dungy, right. John Tortorella, another guy I covered, Bobby Bowden, the authentic people stick. Nope. They become legacy. The, the fakes, eventually you get found out. And he was the kind of guy in the community everybody loved. And he loved him in the community because he won. But like you said, he was always the guy. If you saw him at the grocery store, he'd say hello to you. You saw him at the, at the department the store. Lived in the same house. His name was in the phone book. Right. The, the, night, the night we broke, we actually broke the Foot Locker uh, scandal story on my station. And I called up Wayne Hogan, was the news, the uh, the PR guy at the time, 
Yeah. I said, Wayne, you know, I found out about this. I heard Sports Illustrated is coming out with a story on Monday. He's like, yeah, 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 it's happening. I said, man, I don't, you know, I don't want to cover this, but you know, that's my job. He's like, right. I understand. I said, is there any way we can get a comment from Coach Bowden? He said, let me call him. Let me call him. So Wayne called me back five minutes later. He said, sure, go on over to the house. <laughs> <laughs> I went over there by myself with the camera. It was a Friday night, a high school football Friday night. Went over there and uh, Ann answered the door. She said, just set up right in there, hon. He'll be right out. Set up in his living room. He came in. Hey, boy. Hey, boy. I said, hey, coach. Uh, not what we want to talk about today, I, you know, but you understand. He goes, I know. I know. No problem. We got, got face fire. Got a face fire. <laughs> I mean, can you imagine? Can you this, imagine? Yes. I mean, that, that was as big a scandal as there was at that particular time. Yep. And he invited me to his house. And, and, and sat me down in his living room and answered any question I had. On a Friday night. Me? On a Friday night. Are you kidding me? I mean, just. Yeah. I mean. And he, and, and, and he would, and like you said, he would answer. He would. He would answer the piper when he screwed up. He would tell you. He'd give you a good. He'd give you a legitimate answer in an interview. He wouldn't. My, there you go. There we go. There we go. What are you barking at, Tal? What are you barking at? <laughs> That's funny. Anytime there's a dog on, on TV, she's got to bark. That's awesome. All right, let's let's do a little playoff preview. Close to coach Bat telling me to shut up about him. That's right. That's right. Give me a quick. Give me a quick couple thoughts. Cincinnati, Alabama coming up. Cincinnati have a shot to keep the game close. You know, I, I for some weird reason, I, I think they do. You know, Alabama's. Um, here's my thinking on this. We think Alabama is so great because of what they did to Georgia, right? When you go back and look at who Georgia played, they yeah, didn't play much. one top 50 quarterback until they faced Bryant Young. Uh, yep. One top 50 quarterback. I'm not saying Georgia's not good, but Georgia's offense is pretty pedestrian. I mean, Stephen Bennett. Good, not great. Good, not great. Um, and I think Kirby outsmarted himself like he always does when he plays Saban. He just tries to do too much. Yep. So I think that kind of skewed everybody thinking, oh, my God, Alabama is really this great team. Well, when you look at their body of work for the entire season, you know, there was, you know, they shouldn't have beat Auburn. I mean, they got lucky as crap against the big speed that run out of bounds. They don't win that game. LSU. They, you know, they lost. LSU. They could have easily had losses this year. And, and their offensive line is not that good. So I'm not saying that Cincinnati is going to win the game. I think they're cover. I think you're definitely going to cover the, what is it, 14 and a half now? Something like, yeah, something like, yep. I may be wrong, but um, I just don't think Alabama's as great as everybody thinks they are. But that being said, this is a playoff. Cincinnati's never played anything like this. They could completely crap the bed, too. But um, <laughs> I just, I know, and I know I'm totally hedging here. But yeah. if, I'm, if, I'm bet, if I was bet the game, which I would never, um, too many, too many, uh, un, too many variables, I would take the points in Cincinnati. All right, the other game, kind of the slugfest kind of game in the trenches, Georgia-Michigan. You got the running attack of Harbaugh. He finally has climbed the mountain and gotten over the hump there at Michigan. You know, you got Georgia obviously reeling off the loss. I think this is the kind of game Georgia wants to play as a trenches, offensive, defensive line, not have to worry about five wide receivers. Your thoughts, Georgia-Michigan? Yeah, it's going to be a bloodbath, man. It's going to be a bloodbath. And – 
Um, I think I think Georgia's going to find a way to win this thing. Um, I just think you know Michigan's a power football team, and like just like you said, I think it plays right into Georgia's hands. They're not going to try to trick them. They don't have any you know as as much as you know the Alabama had. With, they could go five wide, and, and Brian Young's a much better quarterback. So I yeah I, I think I think it's going to be a, you know a low scoring smash yeah. mouth football game yeah. and. Either team can win. I think Georgia's more talented. Um, Michigan's never been here. Georgia has, although they haven't, they've never closed the deal. Right. But I, I think I think I'm gonna pick Georgia in this one. I'm with you. I think Georgia will find a way to get through for sure. All right, let's go to the NFL a little bit. NFC versus AFC. You got strength in the NFC, you got a very top-heavy NFC, you got a lot of depth in the AFC. What are just some general NFL thoughts about obviously the Buccaneers? We'll talk NFC here in a second, but the depth of the ASC, and you also have now COVID. That's going to be a major factor here these last four weeks heading into the playoffs. It's ravaging the league this week. Just your general thoughts about the NFL. As we- uh, I, uh, I, I predicted about a month and a half ago that the biggest factor in determining who makes the playoffs is going to be COVID for two reasons. It, the timing was coming about where the guys that got vaccinated six months, six to eight months where the vaccine starts waning Right. You have, you lose a right. lot of protection and those, the vaccinated players have pretty much carte blanche to go anywhere and do whatever they want. So they're out there in public and this new variant comes through, which is not going to make anybody sick. Omicron doesn't, you know, unless you have a lot of comorbidities, certainly not these healthy young players. Yeah. Um, nobody's yeah. going to get sick, but a lot of them are going to test positive. And that's what we're seeing. And I know that the NFL will never do this, but um they need to revamp their policies. They just do. I mean, everybody is vaccinated for the most part. Anybody like, you know, Bruce Arians, Tom Board, these older guys, they're vaccinated. They're wearing masks. They're boosted. You know, they're not going to get sick. They're not going to get, well, hopefully they're not going to get sick. Nobody, if you're vaccinated, you you, you have that protection. So, you know, these players are just, you know, to, to be taking six, eight, 25 players out, and they're all going to sit around and not even have a sniff, like not even have a sniff. Right. And, and right. people say, well, you know, you, they could spread it. Well, so can the vaccinated players, the vaccinated players. The, there's not many unvaccinated players, but it's just like, what are we doing here? They're, they're not sick. We're not protecting anybody. They already have the vaccine is protecting them. You know, I just as, a, as an entire country, we just need to get back to living. You know, we need to get back to living. Trust that the vaccine is going to keep you alive. If you haven't had COVID, if you don't have natural immunity, get the freaking vaccine. You know, I'm not anti-vax, but making these people, you know, we won't even get into all that, but this, what, what the NFL is doing has nothing to do with science. It's it was the original protocols were put into place to make sure they played games and they made their money. And now this whole idea, when they decided after Thanksgiving, we're going to start testing the vaccinated players. As soon as I heard that, I said, that is going to be a freaking disaster. Right. It's going to be a disaster, right. and here we are. Yeah, Cleveland, so, Cleveland decimated. You got a bunch of teams that have lost eight, ten guys in the last couple of days, and more yeah. are coming. I think. I think you know, and this will sound weird, but it's actual science. You know, the team, the, the guys here in Tampa Bay, living in Tampa Bay, living in Florida, we've been Weather. open for a long time. Right, most every one of them has had COVID and has natural immunity. Natural immunity will protect you from these variants, whereas the vaccines really don't in terms of getting, they'll keep you from getting sick, right. uh, but they won't, right. they won't keep you from getting it or spreading it. That's the science. That's what the science tells us. Not me saying this. This is 
doctors that are saying this and the data that I read because I yeah. study this stuff a lot. And so it, it just, uh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to play a part. It's going to play a huge part Absolutely. in it. All the Buccaneers have probably had it. They have natural immunity. So I think that's why they're doing better. All right, AFC. There may be, there may be a few fake COVID cards too. I don't know. <laughs> we're gonna get we're gonna get to that in a second. We're gonna get to that yeah. one second. AFC, you got a lot of depth in the AFC. I think we could we could make an argument. One of five or six teams could get out of the AFC. Kansas City's yeah, on. I didn't answer that part of the question, but the Chiefs are starting to play well. They they interest me. Yeah. Uh, their defense is playing playing starting to play well. Yeah. Uh, it appears that yeah. Mahomes has you know gotten over his. His uh his struggles yep. and is starting defense. to pay a little bit more attention. Yeah, defense. and the defense is playing well, but Mahomes is be- it's getting better. You know, he just his yep. fundamentals went to crap, so I think he's getting back to, to his fundamentals. The Chiefs are the only team that really interests me in the AFC. Mm-hmm. Everybody else is garbage. The <laughs> NFC, you got the Packers. Yep. You got the Bucks. You got the Cardinals, and you yep. got the Rams. Yeah. Um, yep. You know, Dak is just not. I don't know what the hell's wrong with them, but uh, I, I just don't think. Dallas is is the team. So to me, and I've been saying this for weeks, you got to get that number one seed. The Bucs have got to get the number one seed. I do think they're going to win out now that they beat Buffalo. Yeah. I think they're going to win out. Yeah. And the Packers have the tiebreaker on them. So we need the Packers to lose one more game. So whoever hosts that NFC championship game, whether it be the Packers, the Buccaneers, I think, you know, Cardinals, D Hop is out now yes. for, the, for the next few yeah. games. Yes. So I do think and they've got some tough games left. Bucks have the easiest schedule. I think if the Bucs don't make, you know, if everybody stays relatively healthy, they should be the number one seed. And if they're the number one seed, I like their chances. What do the Bucs do with Antonio Brown? Uh, they're not going to cut him. They're not going to cut him. Bruce is just, you know, he's playing it out, letting it all die down. <laughs> Nor should they cut him. Nor should they cut him. You know, um, as far as we know, he, he, you know, we don't know the facts of this case. Like he did he did he want to get a fake card? Yes, yes, he did. You know how many players in this league wants to get a fake card? Every single one of them. <laughs> There's no player in this league. Well, I shouldn't say that. Most of the players in this league did not want to take this vaccine. They know what the deal is. And by the way, and I know people don't want to hear this, but 183 players as of last month, players and coaches around the world have collapsed during games. 108 of them have died. Many of them citing the vaccine. We had a player, um, you probably don't even know this, this uh, one of the best players in college basketball, collapsed on the bench the other day, eight days after taking the vaccine. And now, the media will report if a horse dies of a heart attack, but if a player falls out, they're not, they don't even want to talk about it, especially if it's, you know, if there's been a vaccine. And this, this you know, it's, it's an issue. These players, trust me, most of them, I guarantee you this. If you put a gun to my head and said, did Tom Brady take the vaccine or get a fake card? I'll say fake card every single time. That guy doesn't eat tomatoes. <laughs> you think he's going to put that in his body? Hell freaking no. Right. Hell no. no. Or should he have to? It's, a, it's, it's an interesting di- di- dynamic. I know they're not going to cut Mike Edwards. They're not going to, no matter what John Romano, when the time says about, you know, the Bucks integrity and blah, 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 blah. You know, all these people that are saying, oh, he, he could have killed Bruce Arians. He could have killed Tom Moore. Yeah, Come please. I agree. Come that, that's that's Come they're, I, they're vaccinated. They're not gonna die. Can I give Antonio advi- Brown one bit of advice? Pay your freaking bills. Pay your hey, bills. I'm not saying what he did was right. That was stupid as hell. But pay you know, your bills. Dumb. Pay the chef. Pay, pay your bills. Pay, pay your the bills. moving guy. Pay your freaking bills. Yes. I mean, 
And don't and don't ask your don't ask your personal chef for a COVID card. You know, <laughs> like you're you, it maybe you know talk to some other people that maybe yes. you know a little bit yeah. more. I don't know. Yes. Used to handling yes. medical situations like that. You got a lot of money. Call you your doctor. People. Call your doctor. Yeah, yeah your doctor. Hey, 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 buddy. You know, what, is he asking people at the convenience store? Hey, you got any <laughs> fake COVID cards here? I mean, pretty stupid can you be? Idiot. Idiot. But he's a hell of a player when he plays. That's the sad part. He's a hell hey. of a player. That's why he ain't getting cut. That's right. That's right. That's right. All right. You listen to J.P. Peterson of the J.P. Peterson Show, Powers on Sports Podcast. Got a couple more things. Big fight card in Tampa this week at Amelie Arena. Saturday night, yeah. Jake Paul. I know you're going to be there. You and I were at the pre at the press conference when they were. he was supposed to fight uh, Fury out of England, who bailed out. Right. Now he's back fighting Woodley. Just your thoughts on this whole boxing card and Jake Paul is a legitimate fighter. I'm kind of more interested in watching Frank Gore and Daryl Williams fight, to be honest with you. You know, I know them better. Uh, you know, I know, you know, we witnessed their careers. They're, you know, legitimate big time athletes are getting into boxing. I'm interested in that. But the Jake Paul thing is interesting. I mean, it just is. People are interested to see if he can fight. And this is a, you know, it was a pretty entertaining fight last time, according to a lot of people. I've watched it. You know, it's like, it's just, you know, it's a spectacle. You know, right. I'm not going to sit here and talk about it like it's, you know, some type of big time event. It ain't Tyson, it ain't Tyson Holyfield. No, but it's fun. You know, it's, it's entertainment. Yep. It's entertainment, right? Yep. You're going to talk shit. They're going to go back and forth. They're going to jump in the ring and beat the hell out of each other. Who doesn't want to see that? That's no, right. I want to see that on a, on a Saturday night. Right. And you're going to have, you're going to have the, one of the better women fighters in the world, Amanda Serrano. Yes. She's fighting. Looking forward to seeing her play her fight. Yep. Yeah. That woman is a badass. She is. I'm a very much looking forward seeing her fight yeah we saw her I, I just i i have this you know fascination with watching women fight like i don't know what the hell it is but i'm just fascinated by it i just call it sexist or whatever you want to call it but i just when two women go at it like that i'm just like it's just different man it's it just is. i'm like damn that's crazy and that and, woman would whoop my ass and she's yeah. put together too we saw her in person oh, she is, she is right. put together new york she does girl. not mess around Zero, no social media, like doesn't have any social yes. media. Doesn't even. I don't even think she owns a phone. Yes, a woman serious business. And and the great thing is they've sold a, a ton of tickets for the event. It's not like it's. I mean, they've yeah. sold a bunch of tickets. It's going to be a big crowd. Showtime pay per view. I mean, it's going to be a big time audience. Yeah, I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be quite the spectacle. It's going to be fun. All right, I'll last there. thing I'll get you out of here. I know you got a strong opinion on the Rays Stadium issue. You mean, get, oh. tell the audience your thoughts on the, you know, the, obviously you got the, all these rumors about are the Rays going to build a stadium? Are they going to split time Tampa and Montreal? Your thoughts on this, on the current stadium situation involving the Tampa Bay Rays. Well, I've, I've been saying this for a decade that the stadium is going to be built in downtown Tampa. Um, it's the most obvious place. If you look at the demographics, if you follow the money, there's no reason major league baseball wants to leave the 12th largest media market. Mm -hmm. And it's all in an exploding market where the population is moving south in, in the I-4 corridor. Within 10 years, it's going to be one big city from Orlando to Tampa. It almost already is. Um, we're growing to the east, not the west, where the you know, dolphins and groupers don't go to games. So there, you, you put the stadium where it's not surrounded by water yep. near the population center, you're going to get more people. And you build an iconic stadium instead of a dump like the Trop. I mean, people who, can, you know, the fact that Romano killed Steve, 
talked about this argument. Well, they win and nobody shows up. It's just stupid. It's just a bad fan base. It's so, it's so, it's, it's a, it's such a 1975 argument. It's, it's so stupid. There's nuance to it. You, you can't put a stadium, a baseball stadium on the edge of a market. That's why major league baseball has a rule that if you don't have 1.6 million people within the 30 minute drive, it's not a viable stadium site. They never would have, they, they told them not to build that stadium there for that exact reason. Right. It doesn't work in baseball because the Monday through Thursday games, you got to have people going close by the city center. And that's what Tampa brings. Um, that's why the lightning have been successful. Of course, they have an owner that people actually like instead of despise. Um, <laughs> so, look, and this sister city plan is a joke. That is a it's joke. a joke. I know Stu wants to do it and I know he's serious about it, but it, you know, people say, well, People think it's a negotiating ploy. He's serious. I'm like, yeah, of course he's serious. He could, you know, he thinks he's going to make a crap ton of money, have two TV contracts and have two markets that he could build out of public money to build. And from his standpoint, yeah, why not? Let's give it a try. If it works, I'll be, I'll be the smartest guy in the room. I'll be the richest guy. I'll be the guy that came up with the sister city idea. It's not going to work because baseball is about being emotionally invested in your team that you want to watch every night. If he abandons, abandons this market, you think people are going to be Rays fans? Yeah. Hell no! Gone. Hell no! Gone. They got, they got the Lightning. They got the they got the Bucks. They got the Rowdies. They got FSU. They got USF. They got Florida. They got yeah, nice Red Sox. They don't give a rat. They won't give a rat's ass about the ratings. Will plummet. No yeah. one will care. This is why nobody's done this before. And since when did Montreal become this great baseball market? Right. And nobody up in Montreal wants to spend one freaking penny. To build the damn stadium. Not, right. There's no momentum up there whatsoever. This momentum and its gaining support is nothing but a fabrication of the Tampa Bay Times and Stu Sternberg getting some of his cronies at the Chamber of Commerce to say, we support it. It's ridiculous. Yeah. And it's nobody. There's a Tampa Bay Business Journal out that 74% of the people don't want the sister city idea. And it's just, it's comical. It's a joke. And why any government official would negotiate from weakness because Stu Sternberg says we're not a big enough market. We're the 12th largest market. Right. We're going to be the 10th largest market in probably five years. There's going to be 2.4 million people within a 30 minute drive of downtown Tampa in about five to seven years. Right. What owner wouldn't kill for that location? Yep. And if he doesn't want to be here, haul ass. We'll get another owner and basically baseball will come back with another team. Right. This will be the biggest, biggest markets without it. So Major League Baseball doesn't want to leave this market. If I were Jane Castor, I'd say, listen, Stu, we're going to pay for half the stadium. You want to stay here the whole time? Good. If not, peace out. That's right. And no, that's trust, right. Trust I'm, I'm he with you. Gonna return he's not going to return the $400 million he already got from the Regional Sports Network as an upfront payment for his Tampa market TV deal. He's not going to do that. Trust me on that. That it's money's big. in the bank. Yeah. I'm with you. I'm with you 100%. Great insight, JP. Tell me where they can find you online on the social media and your yeah, time at your show. Fanstream, at Fanstream JP. Our website is fanstreamsports.com. You can watch our show live on Twitter at Fanstream JP or at the JP Peterson Show each and every day, 10 to 12. We're also live on YouTube. Subscribe to our YouTube uh, show every day. You'll get a notification when we're on and you can watch it anytime. It's also a podcast. So if you download our app, we have a, a dedicated app. Just go to your app store. Type in fan stream sports, all one word, download the app, put it on your phone and just tap that app. The show pops right up right from the beginning. You can listen to it anytime you want.
I meant we to cover, ask you. We cover Tampa Bay sports. He does. Very rarely talk about stories. We give you we give you a lot of original reporting on the stadium that you won't find in the Times. We did original reporting on the FSU athletic director job. Yep. We do a lot of original. I still have a lot of contacts in the sports industry, and we get a lot of stories you won't see anywhere else. So um, check us out. It's a good show. How'd you get into sports? How'd you get into sports broadcasting? What was kind of your growing up? How'd you decide you want to do this for a living? Oh my God. I, I played sports every day of my life. I played football, basketball, and baseball in, in, in high school. And, um, you know, also grew up playing tennis and golf. Um, I watched sports all the time. I never went home after school. I went to a practice of some type and I watched sports all the time. I was just a sports fanatic and I was going to be an attorney. I started working at the local TV station in, in Tallahassee and I realized I've been training for this all my life. You know, I, I know everything about every sport. Um, and, you know, luckily, but God gave me a gift to, to incessantly talk about sports. <laughs> and so uh, I was pretty good on TV and they said, well, you should probably do this for a living. So I did. Good for you, man. Yeah. John's had a great, John's been all over the Southeast. Great career, TV, radio. Now he's in the digital platform. He does great work. He's super dialed in at FSU and all the, all the stuff around FSU athletics in the state of Florida. So appreciate it, JP. Wait, yeah, one listen, more question. How'd you decide to go from John to JP? Where did John to JP come from? That was my, that was my agent. My agent was like, listen, bro, your name is so freaking boring. John Peterson. <laughs> Nobody ever is going to remember that, man. Everybody calls you JP. Use that alliteration, JP Peterson. That's catchy. People will remember that. And I was like, so when I moved to Tampa, I made the addition for my on-air name to be JP Peterson. There you go. Because I remember you. Now you, now you freaking outed me. And now people are going to freaking background check me. Come on, man. <laughs> Coach Bowden was the only one that called me John. Oh, you know, God. I, I had it. I remember I remember sitting in the dorms watching you on CTV at John Peterson. Come on. Remember I had hair, bro. Remember that long hair I had? Right. The feather back hair. That's it, man. Oh yeah, I mean, man. Jeez. Did I talk uh, like this? Talk like this. That's great. right. That's right. All right, John, JP, appreciate the time, man. Awesome yes. work. I'll, episode will be coming Good luck out. on your podcast, man. Keep it going. You're great at what you do, man. Just keep it rolling. We're trying, man. We're trying. We're trying. Out there, uh, the love of the game. People will get it. People Have a great it. weekend, man. We'll be right back. We'll get, I'll give you some NFL picks for the weekend. Stay tuned to the Powers on Sports Podcasts. Check out my new podcast called the No Quarter Given Podcast, where myself and Peter Blake, we give a historical analysis of all the Buck opponents throughout the regular season. Week to week, every opponent that the Bucks will play this year, we will do a podcast on a historical overview of the rivalry between the Bucks and this week's opponent. So f- subscribe, rate, and review to the No Quarter Given podcast on all your podcast platforms. Welcome back to the Powers on Sports podcast. Hopefully you enjoyed our chat with J.P. Peterson, fanstreamsports.com, the J.P. Peterson show, the host of uh, Lightning uh, Lightning Pregame, Lightning Intermission stuff at Amelie Arena. JP did a great job breaking all things down college football. We talked the playoff. We talked uh, all good things NFL. And obviously we had, uh, before we talked, we did not know of the breaking news with Urban Meyer. So we addressed that a little bit prior to the JP Peterson interview. So uh, a full slate of NFL action. No more buys. All the bye weeks are done. As we head to the stretch drive here, the final four weeks of the regular season, 
COVID, like we talked about, is becoming a major, major factor in these games. So I would be I would tell you if you're looking to gamble on the games, be very careful. Make sure you know who's in and who's out as far as that goes, which means you may obviously have to wait till up until game, you know, a couple hours before game time to know who's active and who's not. So uh, interesting game Thursday night, Kansas City and uh, the L.A. Chargers and SoFi. Kansas City's on a big run. They've won six in a row. The defense is playing great. The offense is back to being good. They're not spectacular, but they don't need to be because the defense is so playing so well. You got the Chargers and another must-win game for the Chargers. Remember, the Chargers went to Kansas City back in week three and beat the Chiefs. Uh, Justin Herbert playing very well the last couple of weeks. Um, so this is a critical game for the Chargers to get into the playoffs. I think the Chiefs are pretty uh, safe that they're going to get in, but uh, a big game here for the Chargers. If they can beat the Chiefs a second time, they could potentially, one, win the division again, be back in the hunt for a division title, and they'll have the tiebreaker over the Chargers and more importantly, over the Chiefs, and more importantly, will have a ma major hold on one of the wild card spots in the AFC. So big game in uh, on a Thursday night with Buck and Aikman on Fox and our buddy David Moulton. We'll be up in the booth with those guys as well. So, big game there. Uh, I got a funny feeling this is going to be a field goal kind of game. So, if I had to, I would probably take I would probably take the Chargers and the four points. It's about a four-point spread uh, as well. So, uh, I'll give a shameless plug to my, my buddy TJ. Check out the Three Dog Thursday podcast with TJ just coming out today, on Thursday. Uh, he, he'll, he'll break down all the pro games over the weekend. We'll have some underdog picks as well, and the, and the Chargers could very easily be one of the picks that you hear on, on that. A uh, couple other, let's go through some the slate on Sunday. Carolina Buffalo. Obviously, you have the question of, will Josh Allen play with the foot injury suffered in Tampa last Sunday? Um, they should still be able to beat Carolina even without um, Josh Allen. I think Josh Allen will end up playing, but again, it's a game Buffalo has to win. They cannot afford, you cannot slip up here at home, they got three straight home games, very winnable games that you got to win at home. So um, they got three out of the next four, excuse me, at home. They do play New England coming up uh, again here. In, I believe it's next week, but you got to win these home games, Buffalo. Uh, I think they can take some some uh, encouragement out of the loss in Tampa last week. They did run the ball pretty well. Allen played well. The defense played pretty decent in the second half for sure. I look for Buffalo to win this game comfortably as the Panthers are kind of reeling and going the other direction. Uh, a sneaky team that's still in the hunt, Miami. Again, at home against the Jets, double-digit favorite. Again, this is a game you cannot mess around with if you're Miami. Take care of business at home. Stay in the playoff race. Hope you get a little help around you in the AFC. And you got a shot here to sneak in as a 6 or 7 seed. Dallas Cowboys go to the Giants. Again, Dallas has the has a, has a, has a stranglehold on the NFC East. If you're Dallas, you got to get your quarterback situation back in order. Got to get the offense playing humming again on offense efficiency. Dak's not played well, but I do I do see the Cowboys with the def the strength of the defense enough offense that they're going to get it done in New York. Interesting game: Ravens and Packers. Will Lamar Jackson play? Yeah, you know, you have Aaron Rodgers coming off the big Sunday night win against the Bears, saying his toe is uh, not feeling great. But the biggest question here is, will the, will Lamar Jackson play? 
Tyler Huntley played pretty well last week in relief. Um, in a loss, but he played very well uh, in relief. So can Lamar Jackson and the offense in Baltimore get rolling again? They've had struggles against the Blitz. Green Bay's got a really good defense. This is a very tough game to call. I would Obviously, I, don't, I won't make a call in this game not knowing what Lamar Jackson's status is. <clears throat> An Armageddon game for the Steelers. Tennessee comes to Pittsburgh. This is their season if you're the Steelers. I think you're going to get a big effort out of the Steelers. The Steelers were kind of, I won't say embarrassed, but they were made to look really bad on that Thursday night in Minnesota. They had a frantic comeback that came up just short. Fryermuth dropped the touchdown, the potential tying touchdown in the last play of the game. I think you're going to get a big effort out of the Steelers at home. Tannehill comes to town, not been playing great on offense. Their defense has been better, but this is an Armageddon game for the Steelers. I like the Steelers getting a couple of points at home on Sunday in Pittsburgh. I think it's. I think you're going to see the last stand for the Pittsburgh Steelers here heading these last couple of weeks in the season. They're six six and one. They've got to win three out of the next four somehow, some way, and I think they're going to get. It, they'll get it done against Tennessee in Pittsburgh on Sunday afternoon, one o'clock. You obviously have the disaster Houston and Jacksonville. You know, I would have. I would have thought Jacksonville. Uh, comfortably going into this game, but with all the Urban Meyer news, who knows and who cares? Arizona-Detroit, no DeAndre Hopkins the rest of the regular season. They're, they're, he's got a sprained knee issue. He's not. He's done for the regular season. Kyler Murray and company, they lose a tough one Monday night to the Rams, who played really well. This Again, this is a game, if you're the Cardinals, you got to go in and win. Take care of business against Detroit. Detroit's on the on the on the on the fading part of the schedule. They got beat pretty good last week in Denver, very soundly. This is a team you have to step on their throats and bury them early. Do not let Dan Campbell and, and Detroit hang around in this game. All right, Atlanta heading to San Francisco. Atlanta's still in the mix in the a- a- NFC Wild Card as well as the 49ers. This is probably an elimination game for the Falcons. I like the 49ers here. A great win. In Cincinnati, in overtime last week, Garoppolo played really well. Kittle, Ayuk is becoming a major factor. Debo Samuel's back. I like the 49ers here as well. Another elimination game, Cincinnati in Denver. Who would have thought Denver would be in the mix and Cincinnati would be in the mix this late in the season? Both are. Both are 7-6. and six. This is probably an elimination game because the loser is going to be in a, in a world of hurt with tiebreakers as well in Denver. Denver's minus three. Again, it's defense of Denver with just enough offense. And then you got the offensive firepower with Joe Burrow, uh, who's kind of been up and down sporadically offensively. This is a tough game to call. I don't I don't have an opinion on this game from a gambling perspective, but it'll be a fun game to watch. And again, an elimination game in Denver. Uh, late late set, set Sunday afternoon, the Seahawks and the Rams. If you're the Rams, you got to follow up what you did Monday night. You cannot slip up. Here to Pete Carroll, you're a better team than Seattle. Seattle is is decimated on defense. They still have Russ, who can be a factor, but you are better than Seattle at home. It's a game you got to go out and beat Seattle, knock them out, knock put them out of their misery, and get keep keep it rolling. If you're the Rams, Matthew Stafford played great on Monday night. The defense played really well. You had OBJ, but they do have some COVID issues as well with the Rams. OBJ uh, will be a we're not sure what his status is as far as playing on Sunday. But I like the Rams 
here on Sunday as well. Sunday night in Tampa, down here where I'm at, the Buccaneers can clinch the NFC South. They got some help Monday night by the Cardinals losing. They're now the number two seed in the NFC. I like the Bucs to... They've, they've always had issues here the last couple of years with this Dennis Allen defense. Taysom Hill playing a little better. Kamara back at tailback. That makes you concerned a little bit. But the Bucs ought to be able to outscore the Saints here and figure out a way to score 24 to 27 points. I'm not sure that the Saints can score that many points against the Buccaneer defense. So obviously I'd like the Buccaneers to clinch the NFC South and retain number a number two seed. Could get a little help if Green Bay can lose a game to potentially to Baltimore. Uh, so the Bucks could theoretically be the one seed by the end of the night because that is a tough game for Green Bay going to Baltimore. But I like the Buccaneers to clinch the division Sunday night at home, Sunday night football. I might be there. You never know. And then, so that uh, that is where we are at. So there you have it. Week 15's slate of games, breakdowns, analysis, couple games from a betting perspective that I do like. I would tease the Buccaneers, the 49ers, uh, and the uh, Miami Dolphins in a three-team teaser. I really like the Steelers getting a point and a half or two points at home. Um, I would probably tease Buffalo, the Buffalo Bills as well. Um, so those are some things to uh, think about as well from a gambling perspective. Um, you know, not a lot of games that I like straight up. There's some... There's some, there's some uh, Tough games to call here, so but I would a uh, couple things if you if you like to play teasers that that's the way I would go there uh, this week. So have a good week. We'll see you next week. Christmas is almost here. We're about a week away. Hopefully you're shopping your holiday celebrations with fr- friends and family, getting those plans together. Tell your friends you love them. Tell your fr- your friends you care about them. You never know things happen. You got this tornado situation. Tell your loved ones you love them. Have a, be happy. Be nice to people this holiday season. Do something nice for somebody and enjoy your weekend. We'll see you next time on the Powers on Sports Podcast. Thanks again for listening to the Powers on Sports Podcast. Remember to subscribe, rate, and review on whatever podcast platform you are hearing us tonight. Remember, you can reach out to us on Twitter at Sports. So we'd love to hear your feedback, comments, suggestions for future episodes. And again, thanks for all the support. Remember to share the podcast with your friends and colleagues. And we'd love to see you back next time for the next episode of the Powers on Sports podcast. Have a great week.